When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football is many things. Unpredictable. Exciting. Colorful. Passionate. Absorbing. Expensive. Venal. Infuriating. Exasperating. Time-consuming. Depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Now, you might be able to hear trees blowing around, and that's because I have a new job as a tree surgeon. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm actually away watching the cricket, um, which I'm pretending well, is Well, I can working. see you're on a balcony with, with, the, with palm am, trees waving luxuriously behind they you. Are. You know, usually, as you well know, my, my normal day is made up of get up about, but kids are listening, seven, <laughs> real t- 9.30. Yeah. You're an old bloke. You get up at six to do the garden, don't you? Yeah, do, do the garden yeah. at six. Yeah, then um, then just watch Sky Sports all day. <laughs> but here, because time difference and the fact that I, I, you know, I'm frightened of the internet means that I, I've just I picked up all of my football knowledge this week from people I've met in the okay. street. Um, um, so I, I'm, I'm not across Do you mean that there's not like 24-hour wall-to-wall coverage of the Premier League in, in Barbados? I'm sure there is, but not where oh, I'm okay. staying. There isn't. Um, no, there's a lot of cricket stuff. Of going course, on, yes, imagine. yes. So uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've not- I noticed some things have happened. So I'll try and some chime in. Have <laughs> well, amongst the things that have yeah. happened, Barcelona announced a new stadium and shirt sponsorship deal with Spotify that's apparently worth 235 million quid. So for all the musicians wondering where their royalty money has been going, that's where. Still, at least Spotify yeah. haven't executed anyone, as far as I know, so they'll probably pass La Liga's fit and proper partner test. And uh, the Premier League has cancelled its television contract with Russia, but the Champions League was screened there as normal, apparently, this week. Now, UEFA haven't still yeah. pulled the plug on that deal. And when he was asked about this, UEFA president Alexander Seferin said this, Often there is a bit of a double standard. Which is a great quote, isn't yeah. it? It's like asking a murderer to explain <laughs> think- himself and him saying... Often, there is a bit of stabbing. 
<laughs> just think yeah, of all those yeah. poor Russians yeah. led into a conflict nobody wants except for the madman in charge, crushed under the weight of sanctions, no McDonald's, no KFC, and then they have to watch Man United Atletico Madrid. Haven't they suffered enough? Um, they've suffered <laughs> enough, indeed. I love the idea that you say we're worried that there might be some sort of legal ramification, yeah. and you're thinking... They're invading a yeah, country. Yeah. It's war. <laughs> the niceties of the law. It's yeah, not a yeah, war yeah, yeah, crime, yeah. you're fine. No- <laughs> yeah. The only thing I have noticed was uh, just trickles of information get through. I see that uh, uh, Nazanin uh, Zaghari oh, yeah. Ratcliffe has been released by Iran, but that, that didn't surprise me. She's been there six years, and I don't think she's played once. So uh, <laughs> okay. that was she got a free transfer. Really yeah, yeah. The new yeah, story. She's a free agent, but don't no, say No, no, don't say it. Don't, and, and don't use the word up. agent. <laughs> Agent. She's just exactly. free. <laughs> right, smack, smack up to date because this is, well, it's it's Thursday morning yeah. here, but it's probably Thursday afternoon yeah. where you are. Um, Mark Gway gets England yes, call Yes, yes, that's right. And uh, I didn't... And, um, I didn't know he was. You know, he's a Crystal Palace and how? Um, Crystal Palace got yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Got a uh, goals draw with City on Monday and defended, you know, brilliantly. And uh, and right. that, the next thing you know, I mean, he's one of these he's one of these kids yeah. who came up at Chelsea and then just never got a chance at Chelsea. I think gay like Fiaco Tomori. Yeah, I think who, he's, still, he's on. Is loan. he on loan? I think I, he's I, on I'm, loan. I'm not 100 percent sure whether he's on loan or or was on loan and has been bought. But uh, whatever, he's yeah. having he's having a good season. He looks good. Good for him. Yeah. I, you know, the yeah. old. Slabhead's still in the squad, so maybe he won't make the team. But um, they've yeah. dropped, uh, Southgate has dropped uh, Carl Walker uh, to make room for him, Mark Gay, and um, right. and also Sancho and Rashford uh, are, are out. And yeah. well, That'll be good for their confidence. Well, eh? you know, yeah, they need a pick-up, don't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Mind you, see, Mark, Mark Gay literally, uh, you know, as good as his last game, so now he's playing for England, having had a good game on, on Monday. Monday. yes. And uh, Southgate was was saying that they'd, they'd be watching him uh, uh, when Palace played Wolves before that, but it's it's because of Monday. It's because of... It's, it's like they, in cricket, when yeah. someone has one good innings in the county championship, next thing you know, they're in the England team the next week. You know, that's how it used to work, I, I like, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that, that England scouts go and watch just one player. You know, you will say, "How did you think Butler did?" I wasn't watching him. You know, what I mean? <laughs> never, never, never occurred to me he was on the pitch. Well, no, there, there's been a there's been exactly a rumor for a couple of days that Southgate was going to pack the um, uh, the squad with uh, Newcastle's eighty million quid's worth of signings. You know, Dan Byrne was going to be the centre back. Mac Target was going to be the left back. Oh, blah, heard, blah blah yeah. blah. Uh, Trippier's yeah. injured, of course, but uh, uh, and he's been watching Newcastle, but. Uh, Obviously, he's been watching their opponents. <laughs> but still, anyway, on, on, whilst we're, we're watching your tropical storm building up behind you, let's. Yes, uh, it's, it's building. Nicely. Yeah, before you take, you know, a long, refreshing sip from the delicious sparkling fruit punch with a little umbrella in it that is the Premier League, let us first force down a tepid mouthful of the supermarket own brand cola style brown flavoured, inadequately carbonated beverage that is the very bottom of the EFL, which is where my team, Oldham Athletic, are still languishing despite our recent revival, which has hit the skids in the last week or so and is currently progressing with the speed and effectiveness of a Russian military convoy. On Saturday, we played Swindon Town away. I was expecting a nervy game. Swindon have been hanging around the playoffs most of the season, but just recently had a couple of damaging defeats. So there was bound to be a bit of anxiety the longer they went without putting away this easy game against the team in 23rd. What I wasn't expecting, though, was for them to be like Atletico fucking Madrid. The diving, the rolling about, the whining, the surrounding the referee demanding bookings, the getting up completely unhurt as soon as they got what they wanted, the shirt pulling, the sly ankle tapping. It was like they'd been reading the Diego Simeone playbook. And the referee... 
bought it. Not just hook, you know, not just hook and line. But yes, both of those, sinker. obviously, sinker? but also, unbelievably, yeah. sinker. Yeah. No. You wouldn't have... You see? I didn't think no, you were no. going to go there. I got there eventually. I mean, he could hardly have been more of a homer <laughs> if he'd dressed in a moo and got a drinking bird to make the decisions for him. I mean, eight bookings he dished out to Oldham players, two of them to Jordan Clark, who went off. And even though we were only down to ten men for the last few minutes of added time, nonetheless, that was enough for the 96th-minute free kick to get bundled home and for Swindon to celebrate like they'd won the fucking cup. So that was the second injury-time sickener in a row, which gives you the sort of distant stomach ache that's telling you this is the sort of thing that happens to the team that's going to end up going down. And then we went to Walsall without two of the back four that have steadied the ship recently, with Maguire injured halfway through uh, the Swindon game and Clark suspended because of the sending off, and with a youngster, Will Sutton, hurriedly recalled from a lone spell at Farsley Celtic and thrust straight into the starting eleven. The stomach ache getting a little bit worse now. But he did well, the young lad, and put us in front with a header from a corner, and then they equalised with the sort of goal that happens to teams in serious trouble. Hallam Hope got fouled in the centre circle, his Achilles trodden on in a way that sent his boot flying off several feet away, and astonishingly the referee just waved play on. And while the Oldham players were still picking up their jaws off the floor, Walsall carried on and scored. And in the second half we conceded a second that looked miles offside to a player we used to have on loan, Connor Wilkinson, which is another doom-laden signifier, as I'm sure you're aware. Yep. And with VAR, VAR, yeah. VAR, I'll say that properly, we'd have won 1-0. Yeah, yeah. But then if there'd been VAR, we wouldn't have been playing fucking Walsall, would we? We'd been So we'd been being thrashed by some Premier League outfit. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? And our captain, Carl Piagiani, was booked, which means he's going to miss the next two games. I don't know if we've even got another young centre-half on loan anywhere that we can recall. And now Stevenage, who are third from bottom and looking like now the only team we might catch have sacked Paul Tisdale and appointed Steve Evans. The guy like... Steve Evans, I The guy line of guy. That was the big news here in Barbados. <laughs> I actually heard... I actually did. Somebody actually came up to me in the street and said, have you heard Steve Evans has gone to Stevenage? Oh, man. <laughs> when he left Gillingham in January when they were third from bottom of League One, and third from bottom is good in League Two, of course, so he's, you know, he's a bit of a specialist uh, of that, that position. And if they get a new manager bounce as well, then we'll be screwed. So that sinking feeling has properly returned after a few weeks of, of hope that never really felt right somehow. The worry now is that the much-vaunted no. Chesurrection might end up as factually, unconvincingly as the original, and relegation is beginning to feel like it well, may be our Chesterney after all. Well, I've got to say that... Um I, def I definitely detect a gear change <laughs> in your attitude, and it's it's a change down, it is, it's I have a, to it's say, a, and possibly into reverse. <laughs> well, at very least, yeah, park. Yeah. We're heading for park. Yeah, but I love the fact that, you, that you've, you've you've clearly you've read all of these um, all all of the augury yeah, that's that's yeah, coming yeah, with yeah, your yeah. relegation. It's like you're on the road to Delphi, and then you say to your mate, "Do you know what? There's no point in even going no. there. We know what's going to yeah, happen." And I've got a sneaky feeling. <laughs> Never mind. I've got a sneaky you, feeling I might have accidentally killed. <laughs> dad <laughs> on the way <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and married yeah, my mother oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah anyway so moving on from that <laughs> the Greeks god um, <laughs> football football as, as it says in our introduction football has an uncanny way doesn't it of throwing up a fixture that focuses a harsh unforgiving spotlight directly onto the issue of the day and it did this most spectacularly on Sunday afternoon when Chelsea met Newcastle in a game that was dubbed and you know, you know how football loves a dubbing <laughs> The sports, the sports washing, washing, washing derby. Don't derby. tell me. It was. 
Yes, I didn't no, even know and that. If it becomes a regular thing, I think Sky are going to come up with something more catchy with a logo, you know, like El Corruptico, something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Because it's the yeah. issue of club ownership yes. that is currently the, the, the yes. really hot topic, isn't it? In fo- I'm, just, I'm just imagining some sort of, of terrible graphic yeah. with, and with uh, 860 deaths to date this year at the Saudi cartel, I've done so much better than a Bradovich's voice. It's awful stuff. Well, you know, the story is ongoing for, since you left. Chelsea's longtime owner, yes. Roman Abramovich, has had his assets seized because of his close ties with Vladimir Putin. Chelsea currently <laughs> operating under a licence from the government that severely restricts their ability to make or spend money. They can't sell tickets. The club shop is closed. There are restrictions on what they can spend on everything, including travel. So it looks as though, anyway, Roman sports washing days may be done. About Newcastle, meanwhile, uh, relative newcomers to the sports washing game, having been taken over by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, that is in no way the same thing as the Saudi state, although Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia, is also the boss of the fund. So, on the field, the game was won by a brilliant moment of skill from Kai Havertz with a couple of minutes to go, with Newcastle fans feeling he shouldn't have been on the field after elbowing Dan Byrne in the face. And they also thought that they should... He did well to get his elbow off yes, that he did. I think he had a little stepladder. You <laughs> couldn't see it on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the picture, but still. Um, and they also thought they should have had a penalty after Chalabar's enthusiastic attempt to swap shirts with Jacob Murphy during the game. Um, but that was the story on the field. Off the field, the story was, in the stands, the Newcastle fans were chanting... No noise from the bankrupt boys, and Chelsea are skint. Yeah. Mags are rich. Uh, that's not, not that's not so good. Is it? Extremely uh, <laughs> uh, poor poor pickings there, chant wise. But Chelsea fans were were chanting the name of Roman Abramovich uh, and displaying a banner reading the Roman Empire, which kind of th- it kind of makes you think, doesn't it, that the fans are not really engaging with the issues of whether football club ownership has or should have a moral or ethical dimension. Um, it's just about <laughs> what uh, the, the, the Chelsea fans holding up banners saying, "Keep your bullshit politics out of football." You know, and, oh, it's like look yeah. around and see what's going on. You know, you, when you, Chris, you know me. I, I I like to to be as fair as I possibly can. And hasn't there been enough time since Abramovich was in charge at Chelsea to have forgotten, to have forgotten him, him by yeah, now? Move on and to, to, to rebrand <laughs> to rebrand him. It's like Vlad the Impaler. You know, after a few centuries, you've got a Vlad the Impaler yeah, experience. Do you know what I mean? You to impale go to. one person. <laughs> person, yeah, and, you know, and that's what you remember. Yeah, for. well, Boris Johnson pleaded with the Chelsea fans, "This is going to work." Not to chant their support for Roman Abramovich. I mean, so they're definitely going to be stopping, aren't they? Oh, I mean, because he's the prime minister. You know, get, you have to respect that, don't you, Boris? This, uh, the, this yeah. is this is where this game, the Saudi Newcastle against the Abramovich Chelsea, is right up the right on the on the on the the apex of the news. The, Boris has headed out to Saudi Arabia and the UAE this week to make absolutely certain we can still get oil from there if we cut off supplies from Russia. And Keir Starmer pointed out that going cap in hand from dictator to dictator is not the same thing as having an energy strategy, but it's the one that we've got. Yeah. Um, but the Saudis, unbelievably, are far more palatable than Vladimir Putin just now, even though they themselves you know, have been committing war crimes in Yemen for ages. Yeah. And this last weekend, yeah, yeah. they held a mass execution of 81 men. Almost as if they realise they can pretty much get away with whatever the fuck they like these days without Western leaders being able to say too much about it. But what? But I, did, I mean, I did read a little bit about that, and obviously that, you know, that on the back of the eighty-one um, executions in one day, which is, of course, just 
<laughs> so difficult to understand. And then apparently Johnson said, yes, well, I did raise the issue yes, of yes. human rights. So the day after he came back, they executed three more. <laughs> as if to say, yeah, he raised he said, it, yeah, right? I, I shall be raising, as I, as I always do, the, the issues of, <laughs> of human, issues. human rights um, uh, on the way to uh, other more, more significant um, discussions. Yes. Uh, no, he's, uh, he, he highlighted, I, I mean, this is so lame, but he highlighted the £1 billion that Saudi Arabia have invested in green aviation fuel in the UK, which yes. is, of course, greenwashing as opposed to sportswashing. Uh, it ignores yeah, yeah. the fact that even a billion is like mere pocket change for the Saudis, assuming that they have pockets. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have money belts or, or people whose job it is to follow them around being their pocket guys. I don't know. But see, they, if there was... An independent regulator. And if there was a standard to be applied, you know, that included a human rights component, as suggested by Amnesty International, then perhaps we'd be spared the unedifying spectacle of Eddie Howe being asked, ooh, you know, about the penalty that wasn't given, and ooh, about the sending off that didn't happen, the Dan Byrne thing, and the end of the unbeaten run. And then what did you think about the 81 men executed yesterday by your employer? Come on, Eddie, what did you think? Come on, speak up. You know, I mean, maybe this is the time, you know, for because the independent regulator thing was was dealt with with such... It was dismissed so quickly by by the Premier League and by the Football Association who wanted to do it, who wanted to be in charge of the independent regulator. Um, but now, surely now, the situation that football is in now, the Abramovich thing and the Saudi thing, the collision of that, the one finishing, the one starting... Surely now it must be apparent to everyone that they need to take seriously the idea of football being regulated because it can't look after itself. It can't look after itself in a in a way that is acceptable, don't you think? Well, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, th- th- what's been interesting about the whole thing was, if you remember, right at the beginning, there was a lot of talk about, you know, why uh, why is football yeah. suddenly got to be in the middle of all of this stuff that's happening in Ukraine? Um, but now they're so, you know, they 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 are so far stepped in blood. That, well, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. really really can't help themselves. Uh, it, what would be interesting is when we come out the other side, because I know what will happen, they'll say there are more important things to mm. deal with. But, it, it, yes, it's, if, if, if it was an argument before, it's kind of an argument one now, You would have thought, would have thought. But whether that means anything, whether that means anything happens, it's, it's a completely yeah, well, different I mean, thing. one of the interesting things about uh, the Abramovich era is he was, he was almost like the archetypal mass murderer, wasn't he? I mean, not that he's a mass murderer, but where they, when they go to the house and they talk to the neighbours, oh, he was so quiet, he kept himself to himself. You never heard a peep from him, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, and the reason it, why you didn't hear a peep from him was if anyone was going to ever write anything, even a biography of someone else that he was just like a, a footnote in, he would sue them for libel yeah. in a prohibitive fashion so this stuff didn't come out with the most expensive lawyers in the world, <laughs> you know. And so oh, yeah. it's only now but, that and, and, he can't pay that he can't pay those lawyers that these things are coming out. There was a panorama this week, which, I don't, which you won't have seen because of because uh, of the uh, tropical. Um, trip things but uh, there were some extraordinary nuggets in this panorama about Roman Abramovich I mean, some of the stuff that has been known but he's been so litigious it hasn't come out essentially there was they were establishing pretty much that for years he's been Putin's money man in charge of P- Putin's personal f- fortune and the, and between them they've essentially stolen billions of dollars from Russian taxpayers through stitching up deals between themselves as businessmen and themselves as the Russian government and there's a great story about the bidding process to buy a, a state energy company called Slav 
Ravneft, where there was a Chinese bid for this, which was twice what Abramovich was bidding. And the Chinese sent a negotiator who was kidnapped at the airport and not released until they withdrew their bid, leaving the, the, uh, the Abramovich yeah. brackets, Putin to, brackets bid as the only one on the table. To, to be fair, Chris, to be fair, Chris, Tony Pulis did that with Azmir Begovic. <laughs> He, yeah, he took him to a hotel on a tra- transfer deadline day and tracked him in a room with uh, with Kempi, his assistant manager. Anyway, but the thing about sorry, all of that stuff, it's you know clearly awful. And you know, you know, Amanda Staveley's going to be watching that and going, well, if you're going to be picky, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. If you're going to if you're going to start picking over every single deal, those people of us that keep the economy yeah. bloody well, it was moving, a, it was another thing that another thing that um, Seferin said, by the way, about the about not um, uh, pulling the UEFA deal out of uh, the UEFA coverage out of of Russia was you oh you know some of the some of the western governments are, are, aren't aren't any aren't, aren't much good when you look at them more closely you know some uh, and he and he did that little yeah. stumbling you know that I just did when he was saying it yeah. so anyway so Chelsea are are still going ahead apparently with this uh, the, the deadline for bids is tomorrow and there are a, a number of parties lining up one of the interested parties is supposedly the Saudi media group you can't help noticing that, the alarming yeah. proximity of frying pan to fire there. But, um, yeah. oh, and if they're yeah. a Saudi media group, then they've probably got some money, but probably not as much as the Crown Prince, who has, let us not forget, not been afraid to chop up media people with a bone saw. So you'd worry about how the next sports washing derby might go or what, what nickname Sky might have to give it, you know. But the race yes. seems basically <laughs> to be coming down to three, uh, like, American-led uh, groups, Americans. Yeah, there's, a, there's the Cubs. Yeah, man, the isn't Ricketts that? family, the owners of the Chicago Cubs. Now, th- this is the news today at her, at here. I don't know if you've heard this. They've apparently joined forces with Ken Griffin, the hedge fund billionaire. And that's what it says in the that, papers, yes. as though everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, of course, Ken Griffin, the yeah. hedge fund billionaire. Like, that's yeah. a thing. Like, you know who hedge fund billionaires are, you know? As opposed to everybody else who's thinking, Ken Griffin, isn't he a character in, in Family, Family Guy? guy yeah. <laughs> isn't he an obscure relative <laughs> yeah. in Family Guy? No, he's not. He's the founder and chief executive of Citadel, one of the world's largest hedge funds, Lord lovers, with uh, £38 billion pounds in assets. They don't make anything or do anything to increase the sum of human happiness. They just shove money around, but at least they don't have anybody executed, as far as we know. And that, as we know, is where the fucking bar is now. And Griffin claims to be, this is, you know, this is in America, of course, but claims to be a big-time football fan. In America, not quite the same thing. He said in in an interview that they were quoting in the paper today, I've played soccer pretty much my entire life, falling straight down the manhole that Jesse Marsh was so careful to avoid last week. He said, yes. I've been coaching my son for several years. So he, if he's been coaching his son, he probably knows a little bit about uh, about the, you know, the touchline stuff, you know, the complaining about the referee, mm-hmm. the, you know, possibly running the, running the line mm-hmm. with the flag, maybe. My girls play mm-hmm. soccer, he said again, is a team sport. That's really important. And he seems to have, a, you know, he, he's got a grasp of the basics, you know. But ironically... And this is ironic. I checked after last week. You know, he has the opportunity to bid for Chelsea because of the previous owners' ties to an assault on the very notion of democracy. And yet Griffin is the largest single contributor to the Republican Party in America that is currently waging war on the very notion of democracy over there. And Todd Ricketts, meanwhile, is the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee. You know, the guys who can't bring themselves to accept the result of the last election. His brother Pete is the Republican governor of Nebraska. I mean, these are, these are frankly, terrible people. 
and their eighty-year-old dad, Joe Ricketts, is the is the family liability. The, Mus- the yes, Muslim a, hating. And to apologise yeah, yeah, for an email saying Muslims are naturally my enemy, which is going to go down particularly well mm. with Ngolo Kante and Antonio Rudiger, I think. <laughs> Uh, yes. But there's another mate yes, of Trump's, absolutely. Woody Johnson, who owns the New York Jets, and there's uh, Todd Bowley, the part owner of the LA Dodgers, who who uh, owns that because he massively outbids Stan Kroenke for it. And uh, Mr. Holly Valance, Nick Candy, is slipping behind in the race, yeah. and has rather petulantly bleated that Goldstein, who's in the involved in the Jonathan Goldstein, is involved in the Todd Bowley bid, is a Spurs fan, as though that matters. <laughs> yeah, but still, <laughs> Chelsea haven't. I don't know. Did you hear about? Uh, over there about how... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of sympathy for Chelsea in their current play because they've been bossing, bossing no, it no, for no. so long. Uh, you're, not, you're not going for behind-closed doors now, are you? Because that, that amused me. Did <laughs> no, you see that? that? I know Chelsea genuinely asked the FA for the Middlesbrough... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Plays, yeah. Play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind-closed doors to, to protect sporting integrity. Yes, to maintain... From a, and Steve Gibson... Yeah, he had a great quote, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Steve Gibson, the, the Middlesbrough, uh, you know, um, chairman, long-time yeah. chairman, local man, you know, kind of the things you want, mm. like we have at Stoke, uh, apart from the league position. Actually, Middlesbrough aren't that far above us. Um, uh, he just said, oh, yeah, Chelsea and sporting integrity do not believe it belong in the same yes. sentence. Uh, Abramovich uh, should be kicked out of football and Bruce Buck should be kicked yeah, out. Yeah, no, he had another great quote, which was, was where is the intellect of Bruce Buck, the chairman of Chelsea, <laughs> who has been an apologist for his owner, where the trophies won over 19 years have come from corrupt money provided by Abramovich. And where is the intellect? That's just saying he's an idiot, isn't it? That's just yes, as close yeah. as you can get yeah. to saying he's but, just a fucking but, idiot. It was extraordinarily tone-deaf, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was even on the BBC website, which I managed to access with the help of some young people. Uh, <laughs> he, he called it a, 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 you know, a tin-eared yeah. decision. But, um, but what's interesting in that is, OK, here's Bruce Buck talking out, here's Steve Gibson talking out. And, yes, yes, it was depressing, you know, for, 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 um, for Eddie Howe to say, you know, I, I'm here to talk about football. I don't, I'm a football yeah. person. I don't know about all this stuff. But the point is... Where are all these chief execs that used to exist yeah. that, you know, that fronted up these questions, whose job it was, even if you've got Abramovich's high-pitched voice so he doesn't want to speak, you have somebody in between that can come in and be the, you know, the interlocutor or the translator. It's not OK for Newcastle not yeah. to have... If Eddie Howe is, is quite reasonably not, uh, you know, up to, up to speed with the execution thing. Oh, for But there must be someone whose job it is to be a spokesman for the club about those well, things. Well, especially if you're calling it sports washing. If you're going to do sports washing, then you have a PR person, you'd, don't you'd you? think. Otherwise, is, you're not washing, are you? Yeah. You know. You're it's not, not really. You just yeah, you're just waving your hands near the taps and then pretending to dry them. You yeah. know, that's basically. Yes, I do. That <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the the thing about the Middlesbrough game uh, uh, at the weekend, the cup game, um, even their own supporters' trust hated the idea and, and, and demanded that the club withdraw the request, which they which they did. But um, they're still bleating about how much they can spend on travel to games, and they, they yeah, twenty thousand pounds not, not enough, enough to no, Middlesbrough because they need thirty grand to hire to hire a private plane to fly up to Middlesbrough. And uh, they were moaning about having to travel to Middlesbrough by train at a time when the leaders of Poland, Slovakia and the Czech Republic have travelled by train from Warsaw to Kiev 
very much like Chelsea, they couldn't fly because of the war thing, <laughs> but they sucked it up and yeah. got on with it. They haven't managed Chelsea to get yeah. the three the three um, logo off the front of their shirts, despite the, their sponsors demanding that they do so. Some of the fans have been covering up with gaffer tape, but the club haven't managed to do it because they can't afford to buy new shirts now with no logos on. They just can't afford it. And no. there was one last thing on the Chelsea thing. There was a call convened with all the other Premier League clubs this week to update them on the Chelsea situation. And what do you think their concern was? You know, was it about the moral um, and ethical questions we, raised oh, by the change of ownership? Uh, about uh, whether, uh, well, if Chelsea can't buy Chelsea buy tickets at our ground, why aren't we? No, being it wasn't. That. It was it. if they write off the debt to Abramovich, doesn't that give them an unfair advantage? You know, the new owners coming in. It means that you know it's all about it's all about me. <laughs> it's all about them. You know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so yeah. I I think in the little time we've got before we uh, break, I should bring you up to date with the things that have happened while you've been away in the last couple of days. Yeah, go on. Um, you know, at the top of the Premier League, Manchester City uh, lead is down from f- fourteen points in January is now down to one. They drew at Sellers Park, as we saw, Mark Gay played very well, and Patrick Vieira's extraordinary record, never having lost a City as a player or manager, goes on. Um, and after beating Brighton at the weekend uh, to keep the pressure on, Liverpool needed to beat Arsenal last night, which they did, which they won 2-0, and it was relatively... I mean, it's a good game, relatively comfortable. Two very nice uh, goals close in, Jota and Firmino. So now it's all shaping up for one, uh, like a showdown on April the 10th. When they when they play one another, um, Brentford did well. Won, won a game uh, to put some distance between themselves and, themselves and the bottom. There were a win for Watford and a defeat for Everton. So everything tightens up at the bottom, uh, much like it might in uh, cosmetic surgery, I guess. But um, uh, Everton lost at home to Wolves, and they have they still have all these games in hand. But the fact is, they've only picked up three points under Frank Lampard. They've won some games, but they won cup yeah. games. They have they've only picked up three points. And only Norwich have picked up less since he arrived. So, you know, he said, didn't he, that he didn't expect well, to come in and start winning games immediately, which is just as well. <laughs> you know, keep your ma- manager expectations, yeah, but, but, you know. But also, you know, who, who, who plays their way out of relegation form? I, it, just, it just seemed that when he bought Delhi Alley and, uh, and he brought in um, Donny Van, yeah. van der Beek, you thought, I, I'm not sure that, especially with the, the, the gift of hands, hindsight, <laughs> obviously, but I'm not sure that that's the way to go, to tell you the honest no. truth. And so it seems to have been proved so no, far. But, and, and the other thing uh, that happened at the weekend was the uh, Manchester United beating Spurs and Cristiano Ronaldo having uh, scoring his hat-trick uh, to, as if to celebrate being the... Um, being uh, uh, made the, the, the top goal scorer of all time by virtue of everyone he now has to catch having goals disqualified from their record like Pele and uh, some Austrian yeah, yeah, and German yeah, 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 people from yeah, yeah, yeah. the reimagining yes, exactly. of this. and so he, yeah. he he suddenly is ridden to the top of the pile and at the game he met uh, Tom Brady who's the, uh, the the legendary American uh, gridiron footballer uh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, watching yeah. the game and afterwards he put a picture uh, the, he plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers which is also owned by the Glazers so you know I imagine he got some sort of discount on his ticket I don't know it's a mates rates or something but um, finally yeah, there yeah, was a picture yeah. of the two of them on the pitch after and finally a picture with someone who makes Cristiano look puny or at least you know normal what did he, t- tell me what he put, he put tell his me what Instagram he put. message was always a pleasure and a privilege to share some thoughts and ideas with another goat which is, oh. you know, well, Cristiano doesn't really do oh. humble, does he? But I'd like it. If, I'd like it if he had his picture taken with Prince with Prince Andrew, 
and say, look at us, two goats together, <laughs> two old goats together. But uh, you yeah, wonder, yeah, don't yeah. you, with Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo, but- what, what, poss- what thoughts and ideas they could possibly have shared. You know, when everyone else is so much worse than you and you're carrying the whole team, that's shit, isn't it? You know, or, you know when yeah, you're filming yeah. yourself having a shower outside for Instagram, yeah. do you wear Speedos or do you, com- do you go commando? You know? How do you get shirts to fit your massive fucking neck that aren't just like a circus tent <laughs> lower down, lower down your body, you know? But whatever. The- you know, we, know, we, know, we know this about Ronaldo, you know, and this is why it's so upsetting that Pelé, you know, is, is no yeah. longer the, the, the highest goal scorer because you can imagine Ronaldo ever doing an advert for erectile dysfunction, uh, can no, you? Uh, and strictly you know, speaking, just, not an advert for for erectile dysfunction. And I, for, no, 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 for, for, for the, you know, for the alleviation the, of erectile dysfunction. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe, uh, maybe you, you could. could. Maybe you could. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the, the great thing was that on the Monday, the day after, Tom Brady uh, met Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, he, he reversed his decision to retire and said he was going to play for another season. And, you know, was that yeah, what yeah. they discussed is the thing. But apparently he was only retired for 41 days, which is two Watford managers. And just a day... Or, or one Brian Clough's uh, time, you know, 44 days, that was. And Jock Steen also, 44 days. But um, just a day, as our guest will no doubt tell us, but um, just a day before he reversed his decision, a fan in America paid more than half a million dollars for the ball with which he scored his last effort touchdown. The day before. <laughs> Timing. No. Did you see I don't no. know if we've got any more time, but uh, United have been... Um, we had Justin Moorefield on, didn't we, a little, a little while ago? And, he, uh, Moore, and yeah, Morehouse. Yeah, Morehouse. Back on. Justin Morehouse. Morehouse. And uh, his take was uh, that um, Old Trafford was a terrible, shabby, leaky dump. And, and, yeah, and, a pa- and yeah. now the Glazers are apparently close to announcing a plan for the future of their, of their home, which could be an expansion of the South Stand. It could be a complete revamp, or it could be knocking the whole place down and building a 90,000 stadium to rival Wembley, which would give them the problem of where to play their home fixtures during the two or three years this would inevitably take. Spurs played at Wembley, didn't they? while their stately pleasure dome yeah. was being constructed. And so Man United could just do that. It'd be handy for most of their fans, wouldn't it? You know, wouldn't have to traipse all the way up the M6, you know? So. Well, you know, I think it's good to finish on Manchester United and then start on them again next time <laughs> um, because we're going to have to take a break. And I know that our guests will be delighted to talk about uh, the pain and, and discomfort and uh, disaffection that's happening at Old Trafford. Um, so join us and him in a moment. Our guest today is an exiled actor and podcast presenter who hosts the official Leeds United podcast. He's also in all creatures, great and small, with Stoke-on-Trent, Rachel Shenton. Hurrah. (laughs) And, oh, yeah, he did a Harry Potter thing for about 10 years. So welcome to (laughs) Matt Lewis. Matt, an official podcast. We dream of an official podcast. (laughs) We are about as far away from being an official podcast as you can possibly get. (laughs) I mean, so are we, to be totally honest with you. I don't don't really know how it... uh, Honestly, I really don't. It it was... um, so we when when we got promoted to the back to the Premier League, um, me and a couple of friends, uh, Leeds fans, we said you know it was in the height of COVID as as we, as we know, and and we sort of yeah. said, which well, should we should we do something? Should we should we not? You know, everyone seems to be doing podcasts at the minute where everyone's locked inside for COVID. Should we do something like that? And I thought, yeah, but like I'm I'm interested in it, but no one wants to hear me 
talk about it. No one's interested in what I've got to say. That's so all we've got time for. Yeah, it's a good booking. Good booking, Gary. Gary. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, guys, it'll be your lowest rated pod of, of all season. But um, so we um, we thought, okay, well, that's a fair point. So we should probably find someone that they do want to listen to. Um, and yeah, so yeah. We, we we sort of knocked up a, a list of, of, you know, ex-players and stuff yeah. like that. And um, yeah. and Bex was top of the list, really. You know, we'd seen him on TV yeah. and obviously I'd watched him growing up as a, as a player and we thought well he's never going to yeah. do it he's a bit of our dream option and he he came back straight yeah. away and said yeah and so we did and then oh, nice. but so, so basically basically you pumped for the last person in a lead strip to score a winner at old trafford <laughs> is what you did yeah and, and yes and because <laughs> that's going to appeal to all these fans well, this is no well this is what i mean when i thought he's never going to say yes he's our he's our top he's yeah, our yeah. benchmark and then and then we'll just well, go down still from there and to do so many things on the back of that on the back of that one goal it's still you know completely it's still a full-time completely. job i mean i'll never forget it so so just to uh just to to say about being an official thing. So there's no editorial control. You're not advised. You get access to players or, or have they just said you can call it official? No, well, so the way it works is we, we just did it ourselves off our own back for half a season and um, we were sort of trying to get ex-players and, and, and other uh, rival fans that had a profile to talk about it. Um, and then Leeds United happened to be in the market for making their own podcast. They heard ours and um, they just said, hey, do you guys just want to become the official one? So we, yeah. you know, we're no longer doing a Leeds. We are now the official Leeds United podcast. Uh, and we sort of just transitioned in, into that, really, which is why I, why I say it, I don't really know how it happened. <laughs> you were bought out by the club. Basically. That's what's happened. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah. Did Angus Kinnear come round and speak to you about it? <laughs> uh, I, I, he might have spoken to our producers. Uh, we, we did get him on the show though, which was really cool, and we chatted about it. And um, and obviously that means you know, being official now means that we get a little bit more access to you know we just had Calvin access, Phillips on yeah. this week. Right. Let's. I mean, let's 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 cut to the present. And um, obviously, Belsa, such a difficult thing when somebody who is so lionised reaches a point that the decision's got to be made. I imagine some fans thinking, I'm afraid he's got to go. Other fans are still singing his name when Jesse Marsh is there. What's your personal view on on that? Um, well, you know, it, it, it's... Remains to be. You can't say because you're in the official <laughs> podcast. Exactly. I had to be somewhat diplomatic um, with my employer's decisions. Um, but the, um, I mean, obviously the, the the gamble, as I believe it to be, and, I, and I'm, I'm quite content to say I think it is a gamble. Um, remains to be seen. Obviously, we we had a bit we had a big win at the weekend, but it. it We'll have to see how it plays out, and it'll be judged on whether we stay up or not, because that's that's the that's the fight that we're in. Um, but I, in my opinion, personally, I do believe that um, he should have been allowed to stay on. I think that the the man that had got us to where we are, and this is no reflection on Jesse Marsh, by the way, who who has the full support of all Leeds fans, including myself, and I hope he does a fantastic job, obviously. Um, but it was just that I think that the man that had, had got us to where we were and overhauled the entire club and is and is, is genuinely responsible for the lion's share of all of our success, um, I think that he deserved to be given the opportunity to to turn this around as to, and to keep us up. And I do believe that he would have. Um, and and I think that it's just, it's one of those things where you, you sign a looking at football as if it's a results-based business where keeping us up is the most important thing. 
Um, or, or is there still a degree of loyalty to this man who got us to where we are in the first place? I think it's a very, I think it's a very, you know, and that in some ways uh, is the joy of being a fan and not an administrator in that, you know, they're sitting there and saying, can we afford to be relegated? But the other thing I would say is it's interesting from, let's to, to just use three examples. If you've got Bielsa, you've also got Dean Smith at Villa and you've got Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. And I think all of those clubs would say, God, without these guys, there's no way we would be where we are. There's no way we would have done as well in our first season. But all of them went in the third season. It worked for Villa. It didn't work for Sheffield United. Yeah. And, and the jury's out on you. But that's... That's the game. It's gamble, so seductive, isn't it? Isn't it? The <laughs> idea that there will definitely be a new manager bounce is so, it's so so seductive. Especially where, where my team are, right at the bottom of EFL two. All the teams around, including Oldham, all the teams around us have, have sat the manager this season. I think all of the bottom eight or nine have sat the manager, hoping to hoping for a, a lift of some sort and a short term fix. Yeah. You know, and it's it's so seductive I, that idea, isn't it? What we feel, and we don't know. Yeah, yeah. They do look like yeah. from the outside watching uh, watching Leeds uh, under Bielsa and in the games since they don't they don't look um, obviously superficially unhappy the players they look very uh, in, uh, fired up very enthused in a way that they don't at Manchester United for instance where there's an obvious <laughs> right. you know body language thing I mean you, you, I don't think you ever got the feeling that um, there wasn't there wasn't uh, love and respect from Marcelo the dressing Bielsa. room from uh, you don't you yeah, never got I, that feeling it was just that, I, got, I mean uh, for Leeds for, from the outside it looks like you'd have had such a different season if you hadn't lost Phillips and you hadn't lost Cooper to injury because you didn't have the the defence uh, and, the, and the screen of the defence that would have stopped you letting in four goals a, a week for a while you know yeah, those are his players. They are the spine of his team. And I do believe that yeah, if he'd yeah, been yeah, given yeah, yeah. Yeah. the rest of the games with those players back, he would have kept us up. Um, but, you know, again, I we don't know the the, 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 the true thinking. You don't know. You don't know. And, and, and I mean, two things on that. One, if he's got his arm tied behind his back, that's going to make it very difficult for him to operate the drone when he's looking at other teams' <laughs> training. So that's going What's to be that? difficult. Or uh, working the bolt cutters. But, but, he also had to keep his balance, yeah, didn't he, but, doing that squatting thing with the invisible bucket here? To, yeah, you know. but, 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 but also, actually, on a serious point of view, and this is, this is, this is true of all football clubs, <laughs> OK, which is, which is, yeah, all of those decisions have to come, come into your mind, you know. It, it, what's the financial imperative of, of, of us staying up? Where, when are these players coming back? If we bring in Jesse Marsh, will players then leave even if right. we do stay yeah. up? And how much of an attraction is it to play for Jesse Marsh rather than playing for Bielsa? All of these things. But you know the terrible truth of the matter is in football, these are the only decisions that these people have to make about the game itself. All of their other decisions are about running a company. Mm. And suddenly they have one, and only one usually, football decision to make. And that is the appointment of a manager. And that's why I think it's just so incredibly volatile. <laughs> you know, that it, they don't, I don't, I'm not even really sure that they know depending on who they are, of course, what exactly they're looking for. There's an astronomical amount of, of finances involved. The, the stuff that, you know, your, your man, in, your regular guy in the terrace doesn't really give a monkeys about. Um, and and you have to have this constant argument with your, you know, between your heart and your head. Um, and as, as, as a fan, Bielsa 
whether it's right or wrong, and obviously maybe come into the season if we had got relegated, I'd have a totally different opinion. But it 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 became, and I said this on the podcast the other the other week, is that it it became more about the journey than actually where we were going in this weird way, um, and that actually you know no one enjoys getting dick six nil or four nil or whatever you know the results we were getting, but it. W- it just be, it was such an enjoyable time, and we felt like we, we were so special throughout that period, um, and that there was just something more to football than just getting the three points by any means necessary. There was something more to it. The game was there was a way you could play it. There was a way you could carry yourself. That actually, a lot of people genuinely would have said, "I don't care if we go down. I just want to make sure that he's at the helm." So you're just and talking about the enjoyment of of particular individual games rather than that whole... So it's basically a sprint rather than a marathon, basically. Yeah, people just... It's hard to emphasise just how miserable being a Leeds fan was for so many years mm. and just how much fun Bielsa brought to it the, and, and the community spirit. Well, there was some great... I mean, even just in, in the last couple of weeks, there was the, the, the game where they came back against Manchester United and got two goals in a minute. Was, that was such they, an exciting game. That as a, we to lost watch as, a, as a neutral. We lost 4-2 to our bitter rivals at home and yet people will tell you... Those five, ten minutes when we came back to two all was their greatest moment at Ellen Road for years. For People years, will say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's very interesting to hear you speak because, and, 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 and I don't mean this glibly, <laughs> there's something almost messianic about what you're talking about. 100%. It doesn't, I'll, I, I want to go with this guy, whatever. I know what, I'd rather be with him than not be with him. 100%. Does it, does that, you know, mm. yeah. and, and, yeah. and that's what I mean, why, why you eventually have to have that debate with your head because he suddenly you say that. But then when the reality comes through and, you know, next, you know, September or August, we're looking at uh, going to Peterborough and all, you know, and, and God knows. I don't even know who's in the championship anymore. I don't even care. Just um, Stoke. Stoke, Stoke. All right, there you go. Stoke um, and, and, and are the, the championship <laughs> archetype, aren't they? They're, you know, they're, they're the, the, the miserable, wet uh, Tuesday evening games, aren't they? Those. And, and then suddenly the reality of going to Stoke on a Tuesday night and you go, oh, what was I thinking? The spell's been broken. And probably that would have happened. I don't know. Mm. It's very difficult. I mean, it, it's. I, f- I genuinely feel like we've all been in a cult for four years and we've been yeah. now and now we're no longer in it. It's very hard to adapt, even if your brain's saying yeah. to you. What, but, um, what level did you reach? It, it's like Scientology. Do you have to? I mean, obviously, you are you do the official yeah. podcast. So yes. in a way, you're like one of the disciples. How much did you drink? In many ways. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I am responsible for it. I'm one of the preachers, yeah. Yeah, just to um, to just move away from that slightly and, and about, about the expat community in Florida where you are and, and going to watch games and meeting up with other Leeds fans. I'd love to, I'm interested in that. I'm also interested in, and I rather feel the answer to this might be no, <laughs> um, is there any impact in the States about Jesse Marsh going to Leeds or do people just have no idea what you're talking about? <laughs> well, so the, the, the pub that I go to, um, which is mostly expats, it's mostly Brits that are in there. There are, there are, there is a, a, a not too small, you know, just a relatively sizable, uh, American contingent as well who are in there and of, of supporters of various clubs um, and 
So talk- they're not just people looking to buy Premier League clubs, are they? <laughs> yeah, they might, I mean, there might be a handful of them as well. Um, yeah. But um, they, they, I mean, you know, they're, they're people who've bought into it because NBC have really put their weight behind the Premier League and they're really trying to push it stateside. Um, and obviously we've got a, a handful of American owners now. So if uh, particularly in, in, in Florida, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are owned by the Glazers, who own Scum. Um, can I say that on this podcast? Please. I'm not allowed to say that on my we, we call um, it, It's called the shit on this game. Oh, okay, that'll, yeah. That works. Call them the shit. That works. Um, and so obviously there's that connection there. You know, a lot of American football team, the Fenway Sports Group, they own Liverpool. So there, there is there is connections there. And, and, and so there is quite a American contingent. Um, the, obviously, um, the most of the people I hang out with are actually just uh, Englishmen. Um, but I've been trying to tell as many people as possible about Jesse Marsh to try and get more interest and say, no, it's, it's an American yeah. manager. You've got to come and check it out. It's the, the first one we've ever had and he's like the third one ever in the Premier League. It's Ted Lasso. It's Ted Lasso coming to life. Well, is that is invariably all I get in response. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's what is, you get uh, from me. Oh, but he did mention it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he, he had to. He had no choice but to mention it. Um, I think it was... I thought he's actually his first press conference was really, really clever because... He's obviously acutely aware of it. He's been in Europe for a long time, and and he and he and he ticked off all the all the all the the, the sound bites and stuff that j- lazy lazy kind of journalists might opt for. You yeah, know, he's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I've got to get this. I've got to get the soccer thing out of the way. I've got to get the the accent out of the way. I've got to get the Ted Lasso thing out of the way. Which the Americans who are trying to buy it. Chelsea haven't got out of the way. They've they've, they've come full bore soccer. <laughs> oh right, well yeah. I mean that's um if you're trying to win over a fan base and especially as again, he's well aware he's coming in after Bielsa. Yes. He's got to work doubly hard and and I think he's doing a good job. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think he needs a translator, lad? Well, I liked very much his, his quote after the... You must have seen the game at the weekend, the Norwich game, and the the, yeah. the sort of thrilling uh, Norwich equaliser in injury time, send on the young lad who should have been playing from the start, and he scores yes. in, in injury time, and the, and the win in injury time, and it's like... It was huge, and Jesse Marsh, who's only been there for like a fortnight, said uh, that he would remember this game on his deathbed. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that is that is a, a, a fantastic. Well, uh, we, we, yeah, but to be fair, we don't know his medical history, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not suggesting anything bad. I'm just saying we don't know that. I mean, he he looked. I mean, he's now the manager of Leeds United, so that's very possible. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The, I don't know the, what his heart's well, like. Yes, but, yes. Um, but the, yeah, there's, there's a history there. I think yeah, he, yeah, he got right. he got a nice. I mean, in the space of two weeks. He's got a taste of, of what it's like being uh, at Leeds. I mean, we had a really, really great match against Leicester, still lost. Uh, then we got absolutely, it was an, uh, an embarrassing performance against Villa and deservedly lost. Uh, and then we have a fantastic performance against Norwich, almost throw it away in the 91st minute, but somehow managed to, to get a winner uh, 90 seconds later. It's, it's all the emotions. It's ups and downs. We never do things the easy way. Um, and he's going to have to get used to that quick sharp because that's, that's the Leeds way. See, I, I look at the Norwich game, I'm away... I didn't see it live and there's only so much you can get out of the times of gold. <laughs> so it looks to me like you've got out of jail, but obviously I haven't seen the game. Was there a definite feeling that things had, had improved? Yeah, completely. And again, I, I actually mentioned this on our show just this week. I was, you know, I'm always, I, I try to be optimistic, but also with this particular instance, I, a little bit of a, a cautionary voice of reason. I said, it's still just Norwich, but that only really works if you look at the scoreline as being 2-1 and a last-minute winner. We, yeah, we yeah, dominated yeah. the game. Um, and but for you know a lack of composure or just the inability to concede chances, we should have been three 0 at half time. They were looking um, a lot. Should, they were was... looking a lot better with with Bamford back, even though he's not. He doesn't look fully fit. 
but it, it, it's, 100%. The, the whole shape of the team is is different if you've got a, if you've got someone who plays that role that number nine role and yes. not um, Daniel James I think has looked quite good there but he's a winger isn't he and he's not like a he's exactly. not like a target man he's not gonna he's not gonna barge centre halves da- aside and pa- Dan Patrick James Bamford, has... Bamford just gave them a problem that Leeds haven't been giving teams uh, absolutely I mean Dan James has has really really impressed me in recent weeks and he's he's fast becoming one of my one of my real favourites there he works so hard but the facts are he's not a striker um, he's not a centre forward no. he is a winger and he excels in that wing position as he did again mm-hmm. at the weekend um, but as you're saying Bamford just brings something completely different uh, to the team and it's something we've been crying out for um, and, and also what, what Gelhart brought at the end Bamford is capable of doing what Gilhart did, getting yeah, in those yeah, positions, yeah. being well, in the right spot. It wasn't just the goal, was it? Either it was because he headed the ball on to the to the yes, uh, Rafinha, precisely, yeah. and then followed and, it in, and, we, and that's that's, and that's the what sort Bamford of thing. will do. Yeah. And, and it's hard yeah. for James to do that because he wants it at his feet. It you know? is. What's difficult for Dan James, and he's still a relatively young player. And I, I saw Dan James when he played at Swansea, and you know he, he he's he's electrifying. But if he's got nobody with him, if you're a winger. You know, when do you release the ball? Because eventually you're just going to have to take it on your own and, and you're going to bang yes. it into a bloody fullback. If there aren't people going with you, okay, then you've got a choice to release early, release it late, hit the byline, whatever. But if there's nobody with you, there's, there's nowhere to go, really. Yeah, completely. And also, Bamford, one of the things I really like about Bamford is that he has, and this is an observable phenomenon, I, <laughs> I, I, I contend, um, he, he, he's got that very large head, so he looks like a giant primary school child. He does. He's, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? He's got that type of head. Very fret. Do you know how primary school boys, especially, have heads that are too yes. big for their bodies? And, and he looks a little bit like that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know what his reading age is, and I'm sure he's a very clever lad, and he's on your podcast <laughs> all the time. But I'm afraid that's what I think when I see him. And, and all the better for scoring goals in the top flight when you are a giant yeah, no, primary school kid. He speaks very child. well for a primary school kid. He does. He, he does. He does. He does. I mean, perhaps perhaps that's part of his... That's his secret. That's it. I mean, that's what it does. It intimidates the, the, the defence. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, no, yeah. Talking about being... Um, such a brilliant naivety. Talking about being good at talking. He, um, there's a rumour... There was a rumour that... Uh, sorry, that Bielsa understood more English than he let on. Did you know, did you know anything about that? That, that yeah, I think he knew more English than some of the players, to be honest. That sometimes he would correct he, uh, the interpreter when the interpreter yes. beside him had I said mean, something. The, and then... here's, here's the thing with Bielsa. Everyone kept saying, like, oh, when's he going to learn English? Bielsa understood English just fine. And I've, I know many, many people who have spoken to him and had conversations with him. Mm. Um, the point was, as he, he admitted this before, he said, I'm going to continue speaking in my native language because I don't wish to be misinterpreted. Mm. He said, I don't want something that I try and find the words for. Um, to be taken by the media and spun into something which is not what I meant. So I would prefer to go through an interpreter in my mm. native language. And then which he got I a thought, misinterpreter. You know, yeah. it's, it, rem- it reminds me actually of uh, an ex-Leeds player, Duncan McKenzie, who you're probably too young to have ever seen play. Um, who did, I don't know whether he went to Leeds from Anderlecht or he went to Anderlecht from Leeds. I think he, he went, went to, to Anderlecht Leeds from Forest, Leeds, didn't, didn't he? Didn't he go to Leeds from Forest? Uh, yeah, and he I mean, was at Everton yeah. after. Yeah, he went to Anderlecht anyway. Um, and, of course, he goes there. He's an English footballer. And he sits down in the transfer talks and they're just chatting away, blah, 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 in French. And they don't realise he can speak French. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there and screws them for the most fantastic deal. <laughs> just by saying nothing. And then as he walks... <laughs> 
Yeah, well, no. And, and Chippenia going, well, actually, I'm thinking maybe not that. And they're thinking, well, he's, he's clever, isn't he? And as he walked out, he spoke to them in sort of fluent French and said, thank you oh very much. I'm looking forward to coming and playing with you. Yeah. Superb. And then as a celebration, he went and jumped over a mini minor. He yeah. did, and, and threw a golf ball from one end yeah. of the pitch to the other. Is he part of your uh, of your Leeds history? Uh, Are you aware of Duncan McKenzie? I, 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 am very, I am aware of the jumping over the vehicle at Ellen Road pitch. Yeah. But but not the throwing the golf ball from no, one end to the other. No, the golf other. ball's a new one. Expert, tell me that. Tell uh, me no, that, yeah, that, that was another one of his tricks. You know, in the days when a warm-up was considered <laughs> to be a little bit fancy, you know, and instead the warm-up would be some sort of party trick. Right. And he used to get some players to down a pint or to guard a ale, you know, before the game. <laughs> just just for entertainment. Right. Simple or maybe two fags. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extraordinary. Or do that thing where they could throw a fag into their mouth. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if I wonder how that'd go down in Bielsa's era, if that's oh, what that's oh, that yeah. were warming up. I wonder what he'd have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, Matt, that's been really, really interesting and 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 a great thing for us to be able to, to boast that we spoke to somebody in, in Florida. <laughs> that makes us very, very happy. <laughs> and, uh, um, good luck with the podcast and good luck with everything else. I hear that um, all creatures credit small has become a bit of sleeper hit in the states it, is that right it has yeah i mean it's done it's done really really well over here i mean it's i guess it's kind of part of that similar you know the, the downton abbey yeah, kind yeah. of uh, period uh, british and it's very quaint and very nice and and uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah it's done it's been on the tv over here and, and they've done really really well it's going again for series three and um yeah, yeah the americans is rachel shenton still in it she is indeed Good Stoke fan. That's what we like to hear. She's never mentioned it. (laughs) She doesn't feel like she has to all the time, mate. Some people just have red and white blood in their veins. They don't need to be putting stuff on the wall. (laughs) Cheers, Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chum. See you later. Bye-bye. So, uh, thanks to Matt. Uh, uh, This is the famous sloping pitch. Uh, We'll have more fun from all around the world next week, but probably just from near my house. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.